Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. Now, one of the things that we want to do on the podcast this year is to review some of the books that we are reading together as a church. Um, As the year got underway, we challenged the members of Cornerstone to read six books this year. That's one book every two months. The first book that we read, January and February, we read the book, Why Trust the Bible by Greg Gilbert. It's a small little book, but very helpful, packed with good information about that subject. Why is the Bible a trustworthy book? Now, the second book on the list uh, that we've been reading March and April is a book by Rosaria Butterfield, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Now, we started reading this book in March. Uh, We're going to finish it up this week, uh, and I wanted to take a little time on the podcast today to talk with you about it. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book until... Um, you know, we, we presented it to you, but it's one that's kind of been floating around. You've probably seen some reviews online if you're if you stay up to date with some of the more common Christian blogs. Uh, but the full title and the tagline of this book are "The Gospel Comes with a House Key: Practicing Radically Ordinary Hospitality in Our Post-Christian World." Um, Radically Ordinary Hospitality. That's what Rosaria and her husband Kent are striving to live out themselves, and it's what they are trying to help readers get their minds around in this book. Radically Ordinary Hospitality. It's kind of an oxymoron there. Radical and ordinary, uh, but in a post-Christian world, which is something that the author uh, brings up repeatedly, in a post-Christian world, sometimes it's the ordinary things that we can do as Christians that appears most radical, both to us and to the people that we're trying to reach. Now, before I go too far into this review, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the author. Uh, Rosaria Butterfield is a former tenured professor of English at Syracuse University. Uh, She's the author of the book, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. That's her autobiography about how she came to faith in Christ. Um, She's written several other books. One is Openness Unhindered, Further Thoughts uh, of an Unlikely Convert. So that's kind of a follow-up to her first book. And she's written many different um, blog posts. Uh, She is a common speaker. Um, She travels all over the place and writes and speaks and blogs regularly. Her most recent book, which was published in 2018, is the one we are reading, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Now, Rosaria is no longer a professor. She now lives in Durham, North Carolina with her husband, Kent, who is a pastor of an RPCNA church. That's the Reformed Presbyterian Church of North America. And Rosaria is a homeschool mom, and she continues to write, speak, and blog. Um, So if you enjoyed this book and you want to hear more from her, there is plenty that you can find online. In fact, she's written some recent uh, blog posts that were published on the Gospel Coalition about how can we continue to do um, gospel hospitality in the midst of the coronavirus and COVID-19. Very helpful article that just was posted uh, March 24th. I found it very helpful. Now, on to the book. So, in the preface, Rosaria writes, If Mary Magdalene had written a book about hospitality for this post-Christian world, it would read like this one. 
My prayer, here's the author again, my prayer is that this book will help you let God use your home, apartment, dorm room, front yard, community community gymnasium, or garden for the purpose of making strangers into neighbors and neighbors into family. Because that is the point, building the church and living like a family, the family of God. She goes on and says, my prayer is that you will stop being afraid of strangers, even when some strangers are dangerous. My prayer is that you will grow to be more like Christ in practicing daily, ordinary, radical hospitality, and that the Lord would bless you richly for it, adding to his kingdom, creating a new culture, and a new reputation for what it means to be a Christian to the watching world. Now, this is a big goal for her. This is her prayerful goal. This is what she wants to accomplish, and this is a pretty large thing. She's wanting to challenge her readers to reconsider or or to consider for the first time how we can engage in what Christ calls us to do in such a way that we make a huge impact, even if it's just in the lives of a small group of people that live nearby. And one of the things that Rosaria makes very clear in her book is that hospitality isn't optional for Christians. It's something that we are commanded and expected to build into the routine of our lives as followers of Christ. Now, sure, we might have varying definitions of what hospitality looks like, but the command is present nonetheless. Let me give you a few verses um, that that I just found as I looked up the word hospitality in the New Testament. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. This is the practical application of what Paul has been arguing for in the gospel of grace. How do we apply the gospel? How does the gospel apply to our hearts and then affect our lives? In uh, Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Now, that word brotherly affection is going to be really important in just a second. But then he goes on and he says, outdo one another in showing honor. And then in verse 13, in verse 10, he's talking about how we as fellow Christians love one another in a brotherly way and honor one another in almost a a lovingly competitive way. And then in verse 13, he says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now that word brotherly affection, that phrase is connected to the word hospitality. I'll explain why in just a moment. But here's another passage of Scripture in the New Testament that shows us that we have a a commanded responsibility toward hospitality. Hebrews 13, 1, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. 1 Peter chapter 4, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins and show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So here's three different passages that are talking about the need for us to show hospitality. And Predominantly, these these contexts are talking about hospitality between uh, believers, but not exclusively. The writer of Hebrews says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, right? So now what, what was I making out of this connection between brotherly affection and the word hospitality? Well, the New Testament Greek term for hospitality is the term philoxenia. And you may know that the root of the term philoxenia is phileo, which is it's, it's a term for love in the New Testament. It's, it's brotherly love. Phileo is talking about brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia has its the, the root of its name, Philadelphia. Phileo is brotherly love. It's called the city of brotherly love. 
And so philozenia is brotherly love or brotherly kindness. And so what the New Testament is teaching is that as Christians, we are called to love our fellow Christians and our neighbors, even our strangers, even strangers in our lives, with a brotherly affection. And, sh- and showing hospitality is the practical way that we do that. So to be quite honest with you, I think the, the goal of Rosario's book is not only biblical, but it's something that we really need to think through, we need to plan for, and we need to work on. And full disclosure here, I picked the reading list for the year, and I chose this book and the others, not just because I wanted to read it, but because I already had read it. And I found it very challenging to me in a healthy way. I didn't select this book because I have this all figured out and I want the rest of you guys to get on board. No, not at all. I wanted to read through this book again and and with you all because I believe this is an area of Christian obedience that I need to grow in. And maybe you would feel the same way. Now, one of the things that I appreciate the most about this book is the transparency that shines through as you read. I mean, the author tries very hard to paint a picture of what radically ordinary hospitality looks like in her life and in her home. And I don't know about you, but that's really helpful for me. Sometimes uh, I can get my mind around an idea better when I see a picture of that idea being lived out in reality. Right? It's, it's one thing to think about hospitality. It's another thing to see someone doing hospitality and kind of letting you in on it. Um, and so the, the idea doesn't stay in my mind when I read this book. The idea kind of gets down into the, the, the hands and feet mode. I, I just I really appreciate in this book how Rosaria is clear to let you into her life uh, about the the pot of beans simmering on the stove and the pile of laundry sitting on her kitchen table and many different things happening, homeschooling a child when neighbors come over and everybody just kind of jumps in and the discussion begins and it aims toward understanding one another and loving one another and injecting gospel truth and biblical truth into that. I really just appreciate that deep down, that gritty picture here. Because many of us, when we think about hospitality, we we already have something in mind. Maybe it's a a well-manicured home and a a well-laid table and this um, three-course meal that has taken all day to prepare and everything is shiny and clean and and everything is well-ordered and well-organized and, you know, it just looks a certain way and it's exhausting, right? To some of you, that's a beautiful picture of an ideal world of hospitality, but to others, that's just exhausting. And, and what Rosaria wants to do is kind of take that veneer off and to show that this is, it's radical in one sense, but it's very ordinary. It's very down to earth in another. And she paints this picture for us in the book, I think, very well. She paints the picture of the daily routines of her home, from her prayers in the morning um, to late nights in the living room, having gospel conversations with neighbors. She shows something of the beauty of simple Christian hospitality with everyone pitching in to help and strangers becoming friends and hymns being sung in four-part harmony and, and those kind of things, which I know that some of you will absolutely love. But she also shows the ugly side of you know lives falling apart and hidden sins of neighbors being revealed and homes being broken into. And a great part of the book um, is, in fact, it, a major theme of the book is 
the author's relationship with one of her neighbors that lives directly across the street, and his name is Hank. And in this discussion, in the, uh, the theme of the relationship with Hank, we see his struggle. We see his struggles with various sins, including addiction. And in the beginning, the relationship was a challenge. And in the middle, the relationship got worse. But then in the end, Hank committed his life to Christ. And so it's, it's a beautiful picture of how hospitality plays a role in our witness. Um, Kent and Rosaria are very clear that hospitality for them is very much a practical way to do outreach, to reach out to their neighbors who are just strange people that they've never met, but brings them in from the role of a stranger into being a friend and with the hope and intention of bringing them from friendship to being a brother or sister in Christ because they've accepted the gospel. So there's, there's so much in the book about how that actually works out. Now, I suspect that many of you reading this book will be challenged by it like I was. And challenged in the sense that we want to make it more of a goal to be hospitable. This caused me to, to sit down and, and think and pray and study. It caused me to sit down with my wife uh, and just discuss how we could be more hospitable, how we could do a better job, be more intentional in reaching out to our neighbors and more consistent in reaching out to them. Um, and no, my wife and I don't have a regular Thursday night meeting for everyone to show up and eat beans and rice. Um, but if we choose to go that route in the, the future, we feel that we have a pretty good idea of where we would get started. But it did cause us to, to say and think and, and plan and put into practice how we're more intentional with the neighbors that God has given us who are willing to enter into a deeper relationship with us. And it's been fascinating. It's been wonderful. We've been able to see some of those friends, some of those neighbors actually come to church. And during this time of COVID-19 where we're recording worship services, we send links to them so that they can um, go to our YouTube channel and worship along with us and hear the Word of God preached if they want to, if they're willing to to chime in on that. So it's given us uh, at least a, a couple of steps in the direction of being more consistent and more intentional and I hope that you feel the same challenge, and maybe you can even get started in some of those things yourselves. But I do, I, I'm also aware of this. Some of you may feel that challenge to be more of a burden. And that's, that's not what I wanted when I assigned this book or encouraged you to read this book, and that's certainly not the author's intent either. Um, in fact, in the book, Rosaria speaks quite clearly about the fact that not everyone is in the same position to do hospitality in the same way that she does. She doesn't see her life as the blueprint for your obedience. So don't make that mistake if you're reading the book and assuming that that's what she intends. In fact, she talks about there being... Um, uh, in, in different stages of life, especially when you have young children or when you're really busy at work or whatever, that, that hospitality might need to take a, a break. You might need to put it on hold for a little while. There are seasons in her life uh, where she had to do those very things. But the goal is to be constantly f looking for ways to be faithful where God has you and according to the gifts and desires that you have. In the book, uh, it's actually later in the book, um, she talks about one of her friends, Vicky, uh, and Vicky is a young mom with two daughters. And here's a, here's an excerpt from the book. Um, Rosaria writes, when her family, that is Vicky's family, moved into a new neighborhood last year, she asked for prayer because she wanted to be hospitable. 
But with two young children, it was really hard to know where to start and how much you can commit to doing. And so Vicki started by doing what she likes to do. She likes to do arts and crafts and memorizing scripture set to song. And so Vicki invited other young moms, mothers in the neighborhood, and their young children to gather together to do just that. And they didn't meet in Vicki's home at first, if you read through the story. They met at a local park where kids could go and play and moms could talk. And they would work on some of those things together and set up times to do it. So the point of the book is not to make everyone feel guilty that we're not doing what Rosaria does but it's to help us look for ways that we can show hospitality to those around us. It may look wildly different from family to family, but the goal is to move us in the direction of reaching out to our neighbors with consistency and intentionality. And in in the eighth chapter of the book, the title of that chapter is The Daily Grind. Rosaria goes through several scenarios of how her friends began to make strides in this direction. Uh, So for those of you who got bogged down early in the book and began to feel a little bit overwhelmed, it might be a good idea for you to jump to this chapter, chapter 8, to see the other pictures of what radically ordinary hospitality looked like in other people's lives. Some people focused on an elderly community that they wanted to reach out to. Uh, some people focused on a very different you know, set and, and plan and pattern than the author herself. And in the concluding chapter, she helps set goals. She helps us understand how to manage schedules to find time and not not marginalize hospitality, but prioritize it. She helps us understand how to set boundaries. She helps couples understand how they can do that together. And she uses the, the metaphor of a marathon. When two people run a marathon together, they have to train together. They have to work up to the race, but it's the slower one, or in, in, some, in many cases, the weaker runner who sets the pace. And, and that's important for you know a couple seeking to step in this direction. So Rosario works really hard to help the reader think through the steps that are necessary in getting started. And I found that part very practical, very meaningful. So on the whole, I, I joyfully recommend this book to you. I think it is one of the more challenging books I've read in the, in the past three years, but challenging in a good way. But more than just being challenging, it was inspiring, and it really gave me something to wrap my hands around. Not just my head, but my hands. Because in our post-Christian culture, the way we reach our neighbors with the gospel is going to look very different than it did 20 years ago. In fact, the author asks, how do you help your unbelieving neighbor know that they need to be saved from their sin when they think they need to be saved from you? I think that's a great question because in many people's minds, they don't need to be saved from sin. Sin is not a reality for their lives. They just need to be saved from, uh, you know, radical, fundamentalist, religious people, right? And they think that we are that if we go to church on every Sunday, you know? So that's the burden. How do we help our unbelieving neighbors know that they need to be saved from their sin when they think they need to be saved from us? And one way One way is for us to build a relationship with them, to care for them, to pray for them, to serve them, and let our faith in Christ bleed across those relational lines. And we can do this in a dozen different ways, but the call to do this rests on all of us. And The Gospel Comes with a House Key is a book that can help us to see at least one way forward. Now, by the way, if you are interested in hearing an interview with Kent and Rosaria, the guys over at Nine Marks have a podcast. The the name of the podcast is Pastors Talk, 
And Jonathan Lehman, he's the, the curator for that. He's the, the one that does the interview. And he actually did an interview with the Butterfields about this book. It posted on December 4th in 2018. It made for a great discussion and answered a lot of practical questions that people have had about the book. And I trust that it will be helpful for you as well. So go to Nine Marks or look their podcast up, Pastor's Talk. Uh, the session is December the 4th, 2018. It will be well worth your time. Now, the next book on our list is a small book by John Piper. The title of the book is What's the Difference? And this book helps us to explore what the Bible teaches in in a very abbreviated format, what the Bible teaches about true biblical manhood and womanhood. So that's what we're going to be reading next, and I'm looking forward to reading this one along with you as well. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at cbcwiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.